welcome to the diving pod. I'm Shannon Hoffman, coach at Triad Diving Academy in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Again, we are enjoying this clipping feature. Um, my girls team is enjoying their best of the best videos as a prep for our section meet, just getting the good vibes flowing and the good dives in their mind. Um, so head over to sidelinescout.com, check out what they have to offer at a minimum. Their poolside live package is incredible. That does have that clipping feature. And then, uh, you can also upgrade to their box package and that's what Heath is rocking with over at Clarion. So without further ado, here's Shannon Hoffman. All right. So Shannon, um, you know, your name has been bounced around trying to get you on here for quite a while from other female coaches, Mandy Eby, um, Steph Sutton. And even Tim Fisher, I believe, mentioned trying to get you on. So can you just kind of take us through your journey throughout the sport of diving and how you got where you are now? Sure. So I'm originally from Delray Beach, Florida, and spent all of my childhood primarily in a sport other than diving. So like many divers, I was a gymnast first and loved the feeling of flipping and flying and so as, as I progressed in that sport, my injuries became too much, um, and so I had to retire. So as luck would have it, um, the Mission Bay Pool, where Ron O'Brien once coached, was just down the road from my house. And so I took my first diving lesson at that pool. Um, so most of you know that that pool was demolished in 1991, sadly. And so when I made the decision to become a diver, kind of full-time, the closest pool was just at a little boarding school in Boca Raton, Florida called St. Andrews. And so that facility was definitely not glamorous, but it was what it was. I think there was two one meters and one three meter. Uh, but the main attraction there was the coach. So I joined Atlantic Diving Team was the name of the team in 1992. And my first coach was Michelle Mitchell. So, oh, man. Yep. So I was lucky enough to have a great coach right from the get-go. Um, I actually didn't start diving until I was a freshman in high school. So I had a very late start in the sport. Um, however, I went in to dive at a D1 level at East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina. Um, had a great um, time just diving there. Um, wish I had more years to dive, but like I said, I had a late start. Uh, my dream job when I graduated was to work at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. um, kind of as an exercise physiologist. That's what my degree was and work with the Olympic athletes. However, that wasn't in the cards. I didn't get the internship I applied for. And so that was kind of devastating. So I kind of reshifted my focus and moved out to California, um, did some time at a physical therapy clinic there, working there. Um, but I always felt a draw to live in Colorado. So I later moved to the mountains in Colorado and I started coaching at a local high school. So way up in the mountains of Colorado, there was this little high school called Summit High School um, and kind of in the middle of nowhere, but they had two one meter boards, which is kind of amazing at this little school. Um, and so I started coaching there and that made me realize how much I missed the sport of diving. So that kind of became my passion in life was just coaching, diving. I did it part-time. I had another job. Um, but I think I, what I realized is I kind of had this draw to kind of get back into the sport. 
Um, not as a diver, I'm not going to be one of those master's divers, although I truly respect them. It's just not something I want to do. Um, but I kind of got back into it thinking, what can I do to share this sport with somebody else? Um, after I just lost my train of thought. You're okay. You're just talking about coaching at summit in Colorado and trying to share the sport with somebody else. Yep. So I moved to Greensboro after my daughter was born, um, which was 2008. Um, shortly after I moved here, the Greensboro Aquatic Center was approved to be built. So that was kind of, in my mind, kind of fate because I moved here, there was no pool. Um, it would think it was announced in the paper and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll be here. Um, and so I did. Um, I decided to continue coaching while raising three kids. And so that was a challenge. Um, fast forward about 10 years and COVID hit. So this is a big jump, but that was a huge challenge for me personally, professionally. Um, but that period of time in my life kind of allowed me to plant the seed of something incredible. Um, and so there was a silver lining to that time in my life. And that silver lining was Triad Diving Academy getting started. Um, so in September of 2020, Ben Moldoff and I, my business partner, started Triad Diving Academy. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, um, you know, you had mentioned that you have three young kids. You know, do they dive? What sports are they involved in, if you don't mind us asking? Yep. So I have three kids. Um, Isabella is 14, Tanner is 11, and my youngest is eight. That's Dylan. Um, all but the youngest one are divers. Um, and so that's kind of been a, a very cool experience to have. Um, Tanner, my middle one, also does high-level soccer. So oh, wow. that's kind of a challenge too. But uh, the youngest one doesn't do any sports, so I guess it balances out. <laughs> sure. Awesome. <clears throat> so explain your role in triad and what a typical season day looks like for you. Yep. So Ben Moldoff and I, we equally share the roles of head coach and owners. Um, I think we make a great coaching team. We balance each other's coaching styles. Um, I think as a coach, I'm a pretty technical coach, detail-oriented, whereas Ben is kind of able to step back and take a look at the bigger picture of dives and maybe point out the why of the dive. Um, and so I think that our coaching team just kind of works. So we also share the same vision for our team. Um, and kind of for the sport of diving. And I think so far we've been pretty successful at executing what that vision is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when we started our team, we had a vision that of a team built on three pillars um, or virtues. And so the, those three pillars make up triad, the mm -hmm. part of the academy. And so those were confidence, character, and courage. And so I kind of made that up. Um, ben went along for the ride, but confidence, um, we just believe that confidence is taught to our divers through mastery of skill. So if we can build a solid foundation of fundamentals for our divers, um, they're going to gain confidence in their own abilities. So whether they're doing a 201 or a 207, if they're taught correctly from the get-go, um, they're going to have success. Um, as far as the second virtue character, um, we think that ultimately determines their success in life, anybody's success, who they are. We think that you're in control of who you are. 
and who you choose to be. And so at the end of the day, being a kind teammate, um, a humble winner and a gracious loser really is what's most important. And we try to stress that with all of our divers. And then the third virtue is courage that our team was built upon. And we feel like that's the most important because without that, you can't really practice any of the other virtues consistently. So I like to tell our divers to get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable. That's kind of our little saying right now. Um, and I often tell them like being scared is okay. And that's very normal. And it's what we do with that fear that determines what's going to happen. And it determines our future. And so courage is, it's super important. Yeah. So, so which, which of those three do you think your team or that you've seen your team maybe struggle with the most and how do you go about helping them improve in that area? Um, I would say courage right now. <laughs> we're kind of getting into the point of the season where we're throwing new dives. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just kind of going, and we had a talk with them today, actually, just about, you know, meets are coming up in the next few months and mm -hmm. some of our kids are moving up in age groups. And so that means scarier, harder. <laughs> um, and so just trying to guide them through that process and get them set up with as many lead ups as it can possibly happen, yeah. um, you know, and encourage them at every practice. We encourage all of our teammates to cheer for each other. Um, whether they rip the dive or they smack on the dive we're going to be cheering for them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so we did, we were fortunate that we were able to meet you down at the coaches clinic in Moultrie. And we obviously had a bunch of fun with your son, Tanner. We kept calling him champ along with a couple of the other national champs that were there. But I think the important thing here is what is it like to coach your children? You know, what challenges does that pose and, and how do you kind of combat that? And what are the fun parts of it as well? Yeah. So coaching my kids, I didn't realize how challenging it was going to be. Um, they kind of got into diving right around COVID time because, mm -hmm. well, they had nothing else to do. <laughs> and so it's been very, very challenging, but also extremely rewarding. So I struggle at times because I know their capabilities, probably more than any other coach would. I mean, I know their potential. So my daughter is an ex-gymnast. Um, she's got a natural talent for the sport. Tanner, on the other hand, was one of those kids that growing up was not coordinated. <laughs> um, and he's kind of, he's kind of surprised me. He's turned into this kid that loves to flip and twist. Um, and so that's been really fun to watch. Um, sometimes I have to take a step back when I'm coaching them and just remind myself they're divers on the team. They're not just my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and, but besides the everyday practices, Ultimately, we're building memories together. That's what's so great about them. Um, watching Tanner win nationals was an incredible experience. Um, a true, just a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and something that I hope that neither one of us is ever going to forget. I don't think he will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so coaching my kids at meets is like a whole nother level. It's extremely nerve-wracking I think I remember the first meet that they were ever in two years ago and like I could just feel my heart pounding in my chest because people knew that they were my kids you know and they're like oh cool to see them as divers but I guess in my mind there was this perceived expectation that they should be great um, and so I definitely put pressure on myself um, early on and even now um, 
to allow failure success to just happen for them. Mm -hmm. uh, if they fail at something, hopefully I can be there for them, whether they're successful or not, who knows. Um, at nationals, perfect example, Tanner had to do the dives and it doesn't matter how many times I modeled it with him or coached him through it. Really, that was his, it was his moment and it was his success and it was up to him to do it. And he did. And that was really cool to be there and watch that. Yeah. So you kind of already hit, um, on the question regarding like, what, what did that moment mean? But I guess my question would be, was Tanner triads first junior national champion? Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. So really that was Tanner's second nationals. Um, but yeah, it was his first and our first national title. And then this past summer, we also had another national champion, Bailey Cranford, <laughs> Um, in the 16, 18 platform event also went on to win. So that was yeah. very, very that that's incredible to, that. You're going to be able to look back no matter how many years from now and your first national champion and the club's first national champion was your son. And that, that's just gotta be an incredible memory. Like you said, that you're going to be able to look back forever and remember. So that's, that's awesome. Just great to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm really interested in how you balance both being a mom and being a coach and, you know, I wear a bunch of hats in my personal life, but I can't even imagine being on pool deck, you know, trying to coach him through something, but then also being there as a nurturer, if things are going wrong, how do you balance that? And, and what are some of the strategies you do, whether you're at home or you're on the pool deck, how do you do that? So that's a great question. So something that I'm working on, um, and definitely, um, but it's definitely a balancing act. Um, and something that I'm constantly challenging myself to, to do better at and be better at. Um, I've heard a lot of people say to me, oh, I'd never want to coach my own kid. Um, like pretty much every meet I've gone to, people, people have said that to me. And it's kind of, it's a little bit heartbreaking to me to hear that. Um, and at the same time, it's confusing to me because coaching them has been a huge learning opportunity for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also been, I don't know. I mean, it's been a huge challenge for us just to balance the emotions that happen at practice and then coming home and kind of putting that away and like, okay, yeah, now we're going to do your homework. Um, and I'm going to kiss you goodnight. <laughs> um, and that, you know, we do, you know, I am able to separate that pretty well, I think. Um, but I guess the coolest part is being their coach and mom at the same time, I'm able to teach them life lessons through diving that I would probably struggle to teach them otherwise. And yeah. so I role as coach to do that. And, you know, not every parent can say that, and it's not for every parent. Um, but for me so far and for my kids, I think it's worked. Um, they've learned a lot about hard work, um, working towards a goal. Um, I'm at the same time, I'm always stressing to them and not just to them, but to our, to our team, just to stay humble if they're winning, uh, but also be really proud of what they've accomplished, you know, even if they fail. Yeah. And so that's really cool to be there with them when they're facing their fears firsthand. Not every parent can do that mm -hmm. um, and helping them through that. It doesn't always go smoothly. I can tell you that um, there's definitely pushes and pulls along the way. Um, but if I can give them tools to kind of navigate through that fear in this sport, I feel like hopefully they can use that in other areas of their life as they grow older. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love that idea of just being able to separate, like you said. Um, but also I feel like your connection is probably incredibly strong and going to be incredibly strong as you know they progress in age and maturity um the next second part of this question i i kind of want you to maybe think from your kids perspective how would they answer you know how, how does how does my mom balance being a mom and my coach from their perspective what do you think they would say so i knew you're gonna ask this question <laughs> so i had no idea what they were gonna say and so I asked them and I asked nice. them that and keep in mind that Tanner is 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty appropriate for an 11 year old, but you know, he kind of said the best part of having your mom as your coach is how she's able to motivate me at home and also at diving practice. And so I loved hearing that because whether I'm a motivator as his mom or his coach and he's able to respond to that motivation i think that's great i hope that's going to help him in life and in diving i think that's what's super important my daughter a little bit older she said that she loved that i treat everyone on the team the same whether it's my own kids or the other divers and that's really what i've always tried to do and that i mean it can be challenging at times because i definitely feel like i i ask more of my own kids on a personal level you know just respect and you know, saying thank you at the end of practice. We ask all of our divers to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, she thinks that I have the same expectations for my own kids. And I think that's important to, to have. Um, yeah. But I think that both of them said, and I thought this was, this was great, is they said that, you know, the time that we get to spend together on the car rides to practice, traveling to the meets, I mean, those are all memories and those were all fun times. And they love doing that. And so I think they're able to see like, okay, my mom is pretty cool when we're at these meets, it's fun. But, you know, when we're on the deck at the meets, it's a different, it's a different role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's, that's a pretty incredible compliment to get from your kids that you treat everybody the same. I think that's an incredible compliment. So, um, yeah. and then my, I guess my follow-up to that, and I just thought of it now would be, Whenever your kids started getting involved in the sport, did you reach out to any coaches that you look up to or view as mentors that coach their kids? Like I, the first person that comes to mind is Tim Fisher. Um, that he yep. coached his kids. And, and what advice did you get about going through that process from other coaches? Yeah, so not initially I didn't, although I talked to Tim Fisher a little bit, you know, into the journey um, about my son. Um, and he actually, he still helps me to this day um, with things I struggle with, with Tanner, just on an emotional level. Um, and he was just, he kind of gave me the advice of, yeah, we definitely separate the coach and the parent role. Um, and so I've tried to follow that somewhat, but I think it's different in every situation. And you can't just say, yes, it's a clear, hard line of this. You're the coach, you're the mom, because, you know, you're still their mom on the deck. You know, if they're going to smack, they're probably going to come to you upset. And, you know, then I'm going to take on a motherly role. Um, and so as much advice as I get from other people that I love to get about, you know, what it's like to coach your own kid and what they can tell me, I love to get that advice. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's a different relationship for every parent and every kid. Yeah. And 
you know, it's just something that I'm kind of navigating as we go through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, moving forward, you know, you kind of had mentioned earlier on that you view yourself as more of like the technical, technical proficiency coach, but what would you kind of strengths and weaknesses in yourself as a coach? Um, you know, what are you strong at and what are you working to improve every day? So I feel like my strengths as a coach, um, they kind of lie in my ability to explain the why of a dive and kind of break it down with words, um, or through modeling the dive, what's kind of happening during the dive. And so what I love to do, what most people will say I'm doing on at a, on a deck um, is that I myself am modeling the dive um, and then I'll have the diver model it back to me. So that kind of turns into, are they a kinesthetic learner? Are they a visual learner? What kind of learner are they? And so I think that I'm able to kind of separate the two and see like, okay, it's this type of learner and I'm gonna need to talk to them through this or, I'll show them a video or we'll do the model and maybe that's the way that they're going to learn. And so I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on identifying in the kids um, what kind of a learner they are um, and then kind of guiding them through that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. As far as weaknesses, um, also a very hard question to answer. <laughs> and so I think one of my weaknesses among many, um, is just not believing in myself. Um, early on in my coaching career, I think that I lacked the confidence to ask more questions from other coaches that I respected. Um, and part of that is my personality and that I'm often the silent observer. And some may view that as, you know, I'm just a shy, quiet person. And that's actually not really the case. It's just me kind of taking in what's going on around me um, and processing um, what I'm hearing. And that's kind of who I am. And so it's been hard for me because coaching isn't really about me, it's about my athletes. And so I've had to kind of go out of my comfort zone because I want more for my divers. And I know that the only way I can do that is to ask more questions from coaches that I respect about technique and progressions um, one of those coaches who we've talked about a few times who helped me early on was Tim Fisher. Mm -hmm. And he probably doesn't realize how much he helped me and my confidence, but he has. And I love that. And I truly appreciate that. And then another coach who's kind of helped me with my confidence has been uh, Dr. Michelle Mitchell, my first coach. That's awesome. Kind of encouraged me through the years. And it was really cool to hear from her this past summer, just kind of reach out after my son had won nationals and you know congratulate me and um i mean that was like kind of a awesome moment for me that that's incredible um i just like that you mentioned that you were like quiet a quiet observer because i actually like can vaguely remember i think telling aaron after the first day i'm like i think that's shannon from triad before we kind of introduced ourselves and i was like you can just tell she's sitting we were just talking about the coaches there and i was like you could tell she's just sitting there taking everything in and I was like, and she's just processing it. Like she's just observing everything. So that was pretty cool that you're very aware of that in your own sense. So that was an awesome self-critique there. Yeah. I mean, I, I that it's better to be silent and listen because you can, you can learn a lot more that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I also think, you know, it, it goes a little bit um, of a credit to you uh triad only being formed september 2020 like you said and already having two 
national champions between Bailey and uh, your son Tanner. So, you know, if that doesn't uh, gain some confidence, I mean, you have two massive cheerleaders sitting right here right now. So <laughs> that's just absolutely awesome. And, um, you know, we're, we just can't wait to see what's next and what's down the pipeline. And, you know, we have always been an advocate of asking questions of people that are just smarter and better. And it seems like you're kind of doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, Hey, triad diving clubs on the map there. There's, there's going to be some big things coming down the road. Um, so the next one on my list here is just your favorite diving memory, whether it's, uh, on deck as a coach or an athlete, what, uh, what's your favorite one that sticks out? So narrowing it down to one is super hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I'm sure almost everybody says that, but one of my favorite diving memories is as a coach. Um, so I've been coaching for over 20 years and I think with each diver that I've coached, there's been a memory that kind of stands out with me with each individual kid. Um, and so just kind of one of the things that stands out is watching a few of my divers, uh, my daughter included, um, go through lost skill syndrome. Cool. Yeah. And mental blocks. And mm-hmm. so the hardest things I've ever had to deal with and kind of face as a, um, and I've realized it kind of takes a lot of patience, um, to go through that with them, um, and to encourage them to not give up and stay the course. And so watching those athletes and having their confidence return and relearn dives, it's a pretty amazing thing. Um, so I don't know if that's a memory or that's just kind of, you know, it's something really cool that I've watched through the years with kids that I've coached, um, on a more tangible level, um, coaching one of my former age group divers, um, Noah Zawatsky at the 2021 was also an amazing experience. So just being on the deck at that meet with the coaches that were there, taking it all in, learning as much as I possibly could was awesome. And then just coaching on that level definitely gave me more confidence. Um, but it was also humbling at the same time to bring the deck with those people. So I had coached Noah from when he was eight years old until and then he left to go dive at Virginia Tech and Ron Pomonte there was kind enough to give me the opportunity to coach Noah at the Olympic trials because he said he'd already been so you know he gave me the opportunity and that was that was pretty awesome of him to do that um so it was kind of a full circle moment for me having watched Noah grow up in the sport and then I'm still continuing his biggest fan and he's finishing up his last season here at Virginia Tech yeah that's uh, I, I love your mention of lost skill syndrome because we, I went through that last year, the college athlete. And I remember calling Aaron and not, not on the pool deck, but behind closed doors, I was freaking out. I'm like, what is going on? But I would go on the pool deck and I would be calm. I would have a plan. And I swear when they got that dive back, I think I was more excited than the day they learned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. Like, so I, I know that feeling and that is just such a glorious moment for the athlete and yourself to work through that together. Uh, yeah. just, just great. Um, I was with your athlete, but with, with my daughter and doing that, I mean, it took her eight months <sighs> and that's, wow. I mean, it's a ton of patience and it was, she lost one dive, but then it was kind of a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same thing kind of happened when she relearned these dives. It was that one dive came back mm-hmm. and all those other ones started trickling back too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, you know, for both of us, it was worth it. 
Yeah, we we were. Uh, I'm very fortunate that it did not take eight months. We had uh, an athlete. She was coming back, and she was doing number one and a half, and she just kept ducking her head. And I'm like, "You're just ducking your head. Like, just pick your head up. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Straight in." And she just couldn't do that, and so she just kept smacking. And then it turned into her front one and a half, and then uh -huh. it turned into her back one and a half half twist. She could still do two o five. 305 double twister to her head. Like the, I'm like, okay, grateful. We have those, but we just took a week and all I did was have her do a uh, front standing front somersault on a trampoline and on a dry board onto the mat. And I spotted her and then she just did forward handstand roll. That was uh Dave McCown. I'm going to give him credit. I was like, Dave, you have any tricks for this? He goes, boy, do I. Mm. And she did that for a week. And she's like, this feels stupid. I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be perfect. And then she went and did it the next Monday and she did it. I'm like, just like we planned. And in my head, I'm like, thank God. Cause we have like <laughs> a month until nationals. And I'm like, Oh gosh. But yeah. um, yeah. I mean, it just... it's, like it's really, it's kind of out of your hands at that point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and all you're trying to do is encourage them. But at the same yeah. time in your mind, you're kind of freaking out a hundred percent. Yes. But it's like, I can't show them that I'm freaking out. Cause then it's going to make it way worse. So oh. yeah, I, I understand that. And I know exactly like the, that moment. And it's like, you just want to scream in joy. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. now looking at a couple other moments that stick out to you, what have been some of the more nervous moments of your coaching career and how did you handle yourself in those situations? So I think the biggest one that stands out, um, is the one that just kind of happened most recently with my son. Um, so probably the most nervous I've ever been at a diving meet um, as a diver or as a coach, like I can say this was the absolute moment, uh, was Tanner on the three meter finals um, at nationals this past summer. And he knew he had to do three good dives and he did his first dive for seven and a half and eights. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was a huge moment. And so, you know, I could see him come out of the water with confidence, which was great. Um, and seeing him come out of the water after that first dive, like my, my eyes kind of welled up with tears. Aww. Knowing that he had two more dives, um, you know, I kind of had to pull it together. Mm -hmm. um, and so we went back, modeled the dives. He ended up doing great, um, but was, you know, and he won, but the fact that I was able to talk him through that with a heart rate of 147. Oh, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, crazy. Like I could feel my heart pounding in my chest and I looked down at my watch and it was 147. Um, you know, and I don't think I've ever felt that, that feeling of my heart pounding so fast in my chest. <laughs> at that point it was out of my hands. Um, but I knew he was capable and he knew he was capable, but you never know what's going to happen. Right. Right. Um, the super loud crowd. Um, and he's young. And a lot of the kids in that event um, had a hard time with their nerves and that's partly age and experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know where Tanner gets it from, but he's able to calm his nerves pretty well mm. and kind of rise to that challenge. Um, I was a mess on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> um but he was able to handle himself really well and so i was super proud of him for doing that so did you just kind of divert to like what your normal meat process is between dives is that how you handled yourself yeah i mean 
I think so. I mean, we, we kind of had the luxury at that meet of having that dry land facility on deck. Mm -hmm. So that was unusual for us. So we did take advantage of that. And he's the type of kid that likes to be moving when he has nervous energy. And so we went in there, did the dives on the board and the dry land board, and then came back when it was about his turn. So he wasn't just standing around. Um, and so he was able to get right back on the board. So it's kind of a unique situation. Um, usually, you know, we'll just model the dive on the deck. Um, I'll be the one walking over 15 times to him saying, don't forget this. Don't forget that. And he's like, okay, mom, go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> he's coaching you. He's yeah. Like, I, <laughs> and I feel like I do that more with him maybe than with other kids because, you know, he's new to the sport. Uh, fairly new and so you know I just want to make sure that he's doing things correctly and he's remembering what I'm what I'm telling and of course he is and he of course he's doing a great job but you know at a normal level meet um, I'll kind of let him take the reins a little bit more sure yep. so we're going to transition a little bit here um, we know you're kind of the silent observer and being that you were down at that uh, 2028 and beyond coaches camp at Moss Farms my question here is what were some of the things that you took away from that, that you either are implementing now or just were, you know, eye-opening things that were part of that camp? Right. So I brought three of my divers on our team to that clinic. We, they all agreed we had an awesome time and awesome experience. It was great to learn from Drew, Andrew, and John, um, and just kind of break down the steps to a successful dive. Um, not only that, but we were able to learn skills and drills for those steps. Mm -hmm. I think having the ingredients to a good dive is one thing, but putting those ingredients together into this recipe for success um, can be a hard thing to do. And I think at the clinic, they were able to simplify that process for us as coaches. Mm -hmm. um, and so after the clinic, we came back, um, we kind of went over with the rest of the divers what those steps were, um, and we spent the next several weeks going through each of those steps, um, teaching them those steps, and then focusing on correct technique, form, and accuracy. Um, the timing of the clinic with our season was perfect. Cool. We were all back to basics at that point. And so mm -hmm. I fell into place um, in a great place in our season. Um, and so I'm hopeful that just breaking things down even more the way that we have been um is going to benefit our divers this coming season cool yep. that's awesome yeah that's that's nice to hear you know we're we're always open for feedback and again the timing of it that was our goal was to have it really early in the club season so that we could get as many of those coaches and athletes as possible that are still working on you know the basics after the the national meet you know i think it was about a month maybe a month and a half after that so it's usually when clubs are starting to get up and rolling. So we're going to hopefully aim for the same time frame um, for this next coming year. Um, so we're going to move into our signature questions here. We don't treat failure like it's a bad thing. We treat failure like an opportunity for growth. Uh, you're either winning or you're learning. So from that lens, what would you say your favorite failure is? So my favorite failure probably was around COVID time. Um, it was just a really hard time for me personally and professionally. And I kind of found myself at a crossroads um, for figuring out what I wanted to do with my coaching career. Um, and so at that time, I asked myself a few questions and the one that stands out the most 
Um, and the one that was the most meaningful really was, am I happy? And am I working towards my dreams? Mm. And I wasn't. Um, and so I felt like I was at a standstill and very few people know this, um, but I considered leaving the sport entirely. Um, and so to get to that point for me was kind of a failure. I felt like a failure. And so I know, and I, looking back, I knew that I needed a change in a new direction. And that's why Triad Diving Academy was started. Um, so starting my own business during a global pandemic, <laughs> a huge amount of courage. Um, and a huge, it was a huge leap of faith, not knowing what was gonna happen. Um, there was challenges along the way, but I think it was also an opportunity and a bridge that led me to where I am now. Um, looking back, it was a, the best decision of my life. Um, and I feel like now I'm able to chase really what I want to do um, and be at the level of coaching that I want to be at. Sounds like if you ask yourself that question again, am I happy? You probably have a little different answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that's all it's about. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So my next one here is uh, what can USA diving do to improve? You know, there's always room for improvement and you at triad dive club uh, obviously have some incredible new and great ideas. Yeah. So honestly, I think that there needs to be more clinics um, like the one at Moss farms for coaches at all levels of the sport. Um, USA Diving is one of the main architects of the sport in our country. And so I think they need to provide coaches with the tools and resources to really build the future of the sport. So I'd love to see some more specialized clinics just become an option for our coaches and our athletes, whether that's something that's offered virtually or in person, I don't know. But I personally think hands-on is where the most learning occurs. Um, so I think... You know, if, if USA Diving can throw something in there like a clinic or several clinics in the next year, I think it would be awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so favorite drill to do with your athletes? It can be dry land or water, whatever you prefer. So we do this drill in dry land and water. Um, it's our favorite drill in the moment because our favorite drill kind of changes month to month, year to year. Uh, but one that we're using daily right now is that just the two bounce approach. Yeah. <laughs> so a ton of that, like not even so much hurdle work right now, but really just kind of learning um, the timing of the board. Mm -hmm. So I had done this as a coach years ago, but kind of forgot about it and the importance of it and the benefit of it until the skills clinic. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's something that we're having, even our youngest diver, age six, she's doing the drill. That's awesome. Arms up because she doesn't quite have the coordination, but you know, she's doing it, but we love it because it teaches moving the board, creating a rhythm, using your lower body, the timing of your arm swing. I mean, there's just so many benefits to this drill, um, your body position and control posture. And ultimately it's setting up your dive so that it can be successful. Um, that, I mean, that's really what we're aiming to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that two balance is like, it's a game changer when you understand why you're doing it. Like even, even something really simple that Drew said, um, and John and them talked about, which I told my athletes recently was, why is it called the two bounce? Cause you're bouncing three times. And I'm like, Oh, 
because the first two are for the approach. And I'm like, ah, didn't think of that. And it's like my athletes are like, that makes sense now. But yeah, that that drill is like, it's a, John Fox would call it a nugget. It's a nugget of information that's so valuable. Um, You know, so best advice you've either given or received. So many moons ago, (laughs) when I was an age group diver, um, my coach, Michelle Mitchell, spoke about me at an end of season team banquet. And she said something, she described me as a, with a simple quote that kind of still sticks with me to this day. And I think it's very applicable even now. She described me as someone who spoke softly, but carried a big stick. <laughs> so this is a quote actually from Teddy Roosevelt. And so she went on to explain that I was a kind and quiet diver, but others should know I was a hard worker and that someday my success would be my noise. Oh, um, that's awesome. And so I don't know that I achieved that success as a diver, um, but I modeled my coaching using that same philosophy. Man, so, what a compliment. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, then I analyze, I plan more, speak less, develop a strategy and kind of follow through with it each and every day. Um, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. So the next question would be, who would you like to hear us interview next? So and it doesn't can- have to be one. It could be multiple. Yep. So I've spoken about her several times, but I'd love to see an interview with Dr. Michelle Mitchell. Um, I feel like she just has a wealth of knowledge. She's been a huge influence on my life. Mm-hmm. Seen great success as a diver and as a coach. She has a new role now. Um, and so I think it'd be great to hear from her and just um, let others hear what she has to say about her time in the sport of diving. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then um, I actually have another question after this one that we didn't ask and we, it's a golden opportunity, but what questions are we not asking that we should be? So you all have had so many other people on here, so many great people from a variety of different backgrounds, um, each kind of with their own varying level of successes. Mm-hmm. And so I think the people that listen to this podcast, listen to learn and genuinely want to become better at what they do. And so it'd be nice to know the biggest factor that helped these people become success All right. and habits they form to create their successes. Yeah. I'm just writing it down. I was, I was going to say, we got to write that one down. I like that. I like that. one uh, a lot. You never knew this, Aaron. I have this giant notebook that I take notes every <laughs> time we interview somebody, just in case there's like a nugget. Um, and then, so while I finish writing this down, the question that we did not ask you that I feel like we have to is how excited are you? to be going to the junior world championships with Bailey in, a, in about a couple of weeks, correct? Yep. So we actually leave um, before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we'll be spending Thanksgiving there as Team USA together. Um, to say that we are excited is kind of an understatement. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of a dream come true for me personally. I know for her, it's kind of been a whirlwind of a season, but I'm super excited. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an awesome opportunity. It's my first international meet and hers. And so I think we're just both kind of looking forward to being around other divers from other countries Mm -hmm. um, and kind of learning and just taking it all in. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be incredible. We're so excited for you guys and it's, it's pretty interesting to see like when athletes maybe 
at least from the outside, take on the, the personality of their coach. And you say you're like quiet and unassuming and you're observing. And that was my perception of Bailey, at least at the coaches clinic. And then yep. talking with you and Ben, you guys are like, yeah, that's not how she is at practice sometimes. Yeah. I mean, she, she definitely is a quiet personality. However, I mean, much like myself, like you get to know her and she kind of comes out of her shell. Yeah. But she kind of internalizes a lot of things to the point where we have to pull stuff out of her sometimes, yeah. which can be a challenge, um, you know, but it's all good. It works yeah. out. That's, that's awesome. You know, um, I think just number one, I think it's pretty awesome when, um, you know, Aaron asks you your biggest failure opportunity for growth. And you, you ask two questions. Am I happy? Am I working towards my dreams? And Aaron kind of recapped and was like, I bet if you ask yourself if you're happy, you're like, yeah, I'm happy. And you literally just said like going to my first international meets kind of a dream come true. So I think that's pretty incredible to see how you were able to work following your passion and almost reframe those two questions in relatively speaking, a short amount of time. So that's, that's just quite a compliment to yourself and the hard work you've been putting in down there. So that's awesome to hear. Thank you. I mean, it seems like it's a short amount of time probably to, to you guys, You're right? You know, even though I've been coaching for 20 years, but this is something that, I've, you know, I think if I hadn't started my own team with Ben, you know, this probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Right. That's the right for everything to kind of fall into place and and make, and make me happy and make, make everybody else happy too. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. goes to show you, you're following your passion and you're doing what's best for you, your family, and just your own happiness and good things are happening. And it's going to keep happening down there with you too. Cause it seems like you two are just the perfect team for all those kids you have down there. Um, so, so before we head out, before Aaron does our send off, I just want to say thank you. We were really looking forward to this one and, mm -hmm. uh, just really happy and best of luck up in Montreal. And we hope you guys bring home some hardware and just have a blast and make a ton of memories. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod and our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Um, hit up divingpod.itemorder.com that has uh, t-shirts and hoodies for sale. Enter dive pod at checkout. That gets you free shipping. Uh, Shannon, again, just wanted to say thank you. I uh, was really looking forward to this once we did get to meet you down in Moss Farm. So it was awesome to be able to catch back up and just keep doing what you're doing down there. Great. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll see you next time.